your boy C Row Money Money that's C.R.O. Double Dollar Sign, host of the Nerd with France podcast. I'm joined this afternoon with my co-host, Codename Comment. Salutations, my fellow blurs, nerds, and peaceful herds. It's your boy Codename Comment. How y'all doing? He probably going to edit that out, but that boy messed up on his intro. Uh, yo, green, motherfucker. Probably because probably he been booed up. My boy can't uh, right, man. Hey, you over here like that motherfucker from life. Can't get right. I see you, though, boy. Yeah, you get your, you get your little one every now and then. Ain't nothing special. I don't know. We'll see. Ain't nothing special. I hope you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she'll never know. <laughs> Savage, man. So, hey, code name. Um, I wanted to save this for the podcast. What was our bet that we made um, about um, Stars and Stripes in the My Hero Academia movie? So, the bet was... Damn, I don't remember fully, but it was uh, something along the lines of whether or not she would be losing her quirk you you made a or bet about her show. I made a movie. bet specifically that she would delete it, um, that it would get erased so altogether. What about, what about the bet you made? Because I was like, she's not in the movie, and you were like, she probably is in the movie. They mentioned her in the movie. I was like, no. Nah, oh yeah, that was the yeah 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 yeah. Was she in the movie? No. Mentioned at all. Nothing. Nothing at all. Damn, your new girl got you over here drinking water and shit too. No, I've been drinking water. God damn, not like that. Shit. Nah, I, I tell you, what, like, what got me drinking water like this is uh, realizing, you know, water ain't all the same. I got kind of, um, what's a spoiled getting, having a water purifier in my house for a long ass time, not having to go get bottles all the time. And then we lost that. Uh, got to, you know, kind of get it how you live, so. I don't like going shopping all the time, so I'm all about getting big ass bottles of water. I feel you. But if that she really wasn't in there, missed opportunity. I swear, but people be trying to tell their stories for real. But it's all good. Hey, run me my money. Think it was, think it was a little ten. Okay. That was a ten, right? I got you. A little ten. Cash out. Yeah, I got you. You know, it, it's good that we um, have this type of banter. To make for a good duo, much like the subject of today's episode. Damn, that was smooth. Give I it see, up. I see. I, you know, I'm kind of losing the smoothness when you tell yourself that you're smooth, though. Hey, man, you know, goddamn it, if ain't nobody gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> but like the, the, the toast that buttered itself. That sounds like a good story. I'd read that. Hey. I'd read that. Bruh, isn't that basically the, the story that Buddy was trying to tell in, um, is it Woke? With a toast and butter? Damn, maybe. I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> it, was something, it was something of that nature. I don't even know if they're coming out with a season two. I think we should rewatch that. Do a woke. I thought they did. I thought, man, I thought that was a good show. I did, too. Who will be having them one sometimes? I didn't see who. Today's episode is about best anime duos, you know, and when you think about an anime duo, not necessarily, you know, it's not always about fighting. It's also also has to do with like the interactions that they have with each other. We're not doing any trios here, strictly duos. 
anime only, so you won't see no anger, Zuko, because Avatar is anime. I said what I said. And we would be remiss to not start off this list with the OGs, Goku and Vegeta. Man, I think it's it's weird to start it off with them because of their relationship. But I think when you t- when you think about what a duo is, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be two people who are uh, completely um, in, like harmonized when it comes to like their relationship. They don't have to be like best friends. They don't have to even like each other. It's about like when they're around each other, you know, how do they interact? You know, do they have, do they show uh, the bond when necessary? Like when they fight together, you know, do they show that they clearly have, you know, been studying one another? Have, have they learned from one another? When they, when, they, when they're talked about outside of, you know, each other, when, when there's a third party, do, you know, do they show that they clearly understand each other's motivations? It's more about like the, the inner bond. Of, and to start with Goku and Vegeta, it's like they're two sides of the same coin. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's how I see um, Vegeta, especially how he was introduced, you know, uh, he was a pretty late addition to the Dragon Ball story. And if you think of Kira Toriyama wanted to cut it off after Frieza, he would have been one of the, you know, the final antagonist of the series, you know, right before Frieza. And when looking at Vegeta, he really is like the opposite of Goku in their first meeting. You know, you have somebody who was raised to be, caring and you know kind of nurtured and you've got this other one who was you know born into this privilege but still treated very unfairly for most of his upbringing so i think akira toriyama kind of wanted to make goku and vegeta like two sides of the same coin you know like this is what goku could have been if he was you know bad and didn't have that type of um, nurturing that he had with Grandpa Gohan and Roshi and all right. the friends he made. And it's, it's really interesting because with the, the retcons that Dragon Ball Super has made, right? Uh, originally you thought that Goku was kind-hearted because of him falling in the ravine and getting the head injury, but now we kind of see that he got that from Bardock, who was also a merciful Saiyan. Right. And considered a low class, while King Vegeta and Vegeta Vegeta are, you know, royalty and doesn't seem like there was a lot of care there. To, to, to take further, just to, but it's, in, it's, it's interesting that you mention the difference between like high class and low class Saiyans, because like, when you think about even down to like a Broly and a Paragus, now granted what we were shown of Paragus is a little bit different. He clearly wanted the high, he wanted the renown of what the high class Saiyans uh, had. But when you think about in terms of like a Bardock, 
Bardock, Go, uh, Goku, Broly is like them as Lokai Saiyans. Their kind of temperament when it comes to, you know, or their affinity for having compassion might have been a little bit different just based on their class as a system all the, all together, like the Saiyan class. Because if you think about it, like Paragus could have been the same, but his connection immediately to King Vegeta, King Vegeta wanting Broly dead immediately makes it where it's like, okay, he's a reason to not like them. But it's like, so I, I think that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, speaking of Broly, you know, canonically, that was one of the only times Goku and Vegeta have pretty much even fought together. I think it's yeah. real funny when you think about them as a duo because there's always that one picture with them like walking out to fight like all like the Marvel universe and you know Goku's like I'll take the ones on the left you take the ones on the right and shit like that and you know you think Goku you think Vegeta you know like he had the friendship with Krillin Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had the rivalry with Piccolo, but now it's just Goku and Vegeta. And it's usually more so now because they're the two strongest as opposed to, you know, them actually working well together because they never even fought alongside each other until the Cell Jr. arc. You got to think um, during the Frieza saga, either... Goku wasn't there. He was healing and Vegeta was dead. Right. They, they never fought around each other then. They were supposed to team up to fight Ginyu and Jace and then Vegeta bucked on his ass <laughs> and Goku had to deal with that on his own and then they didn't fight together until they were fighting Super Boo uh, right. after he had absorbed Gohan. And then just to think about those two, they don't like fighting together. They'd rather rock, paper, scissors, see who fights first. (laughs) And you never really see them fight together unless the stakes are at the highest. I'm talking like... Yeah, they have to be saving someone. They have to be saving everything. Everyone. Everyone. And and, and it's funny that you mentioned that. They they did... um, they fought together to fight Boo. That was supposed to be like the end of the series. And even then, they still took turns. Like, bro, this is the yeah. strongest thing in the universe. They only really fought together, like in canon against Jiren. They, even when Frieza came back, they were just yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that is that is true. That and is that the was for, only time. And, and they didn't really the want to do it. Universe. Then. And that was for the universe. <laughs> the universe. Yeah, because it's and, and and it's it's funny that you mentioned that we could we can kind of close out here. It shows like the their dynamic even down to the Ultra Instinct to Vegeta now mastering the destruction energy is like they're the 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 reason that they're capable of doing each of those things individually, but they couldn't do the opposite like goku couldn't master the destruction energy and as we saw vegeta can't match a master ultra instinct but it's about their personalities and which creates that match even though it's it's like truly like yin and yang i think even in the comics uh, or in the manga recently they uh vegeta mentioned that it was like i don't it's like i don't i don't i'm only 
I'm only fighting with you to protect my family. If if knowing that I care about is in the mix, then I don't have to nothing. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. I I don't fuck with you for real still. Like, you know, I'll work with you to save my people. But other than that, like, Nick, get out of the way. So it's yeah, you know, damn, I'm over here dropping shit. Goku and Vegeta, definitely, I would say the most iconic duo in anime. Yeah, but. These next ones, they're like, they're right there. That you know, Naruto and Sasuke, another like, and they actually, they fight well together. Yes, but I like how their rivalry is kind of set up more than Goku and Vegeta. If you think like the whole story of Naruto is kind of based off of their friendship, and. It's something that built up so much, like through those first early chapters of Naruto. So you remember, like even the early fights with Team Seven, like when they fought Zabuza and Haku. Mm-hmm. Um, you know everything that happened up until the tuning exams, and it was, you know, early on they didn't like each other. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know you got to take Sakura into consideration for you know, Naruto not liking her. And then just the duality of, you know, Naruto is essentially the the village's hero. Yeah. Right? And he is deemed this, you know, scary monster nobody should hang around. My while, meanwhile, Sasuke is the last member of the Uchiha clan who already had a horrible reputation inside mm-hmm. the village. And then his brother had aligned himself with a terrorist organization and he's, you know, praised. So it's like, there's contradicting things there and the way that they both deal with their, their inner turmoil. Like they always say like Naruto could have became um, Agara because of the yeah. way he was treated. You know, if he didn't have like Aruka sensei or quote unquote whatever the hell the third Hokage was doing, just making sure he was still Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't was just watching, bro. Like he, <laughs> at the very least he was he was looking at bro from the windows like good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bare minute. The bare minimum from the third. Is, is, buddy, is, is, buddy, is buddy still feeding him? <laughs> right. Hey, y'all man, check on that Nantel. I mean, that Naruto boy. <laughs> right. Shit like that. Um, but I feel like, I think that the most interesting part about Naruto and Sasuke is the fact that they're unlike, like, the only thing that's different about them is the fact that Naruto understands how he and Sasuke are the same. And Sasuke, because of Itachi, who, without any time, like, if, if Sasuke had, or excuse me, if Naruto had, like, an older brother, uh, you know, beyond, like, Aruka-sensei and, like, you know, um, the, basically, some, everyone who filled the gap of the Aruka-sensei, because if you think about it, Naruto had multiple senseis over time. Ichiraku um, ramen guy, can't forget about him. Yeah, ramen guy. Like he just had multiple people that kind of viewed him as okay, you're just a kid, you're just a goofy kid who 
wants to be loved. Whereas Sasuke is like a kid who wants to be loved, but he doesn't know how to go about doing it because he's so caught up in, I need to kill my brother. I need to kill my brother. I need to kill my brother. Sasuke or Naruto didn't have that. Like he just had, damn, there's a kid who literally is going through the same stuff that I'm going through. And like the way that he goes about dealing with things are just a little bit different. So I think his just natural temperament, even down to like his parents, like, you know, his genes and stuff like that, it just made him more inquisitive and, you know, him wanting to bridge that gap. It helped him drive it, like it was the driving force of him being who he was. So it's like with Sasuke t- chasing Itachi and Naruto chasing Sasuke, it helped Naruto to become who he was because it literally, whereas like you just said, Sasuke was praised as a as a as a, as a jit. They're about the same age, you know. Sasuke is being praised as Naruto's being ostracized. That trend, like that over time, and you really see it in Shippuden, the transfer of energies just starts to shift where Naruto becomes the hero, you know, especially around the, you know, the arc of pain. And at that time, Sasuke has already been considered, you know, a fallen a rogue ninja. ninja and a rogue ninja. So it's like the way that it all started and ended and the way that they dealt with the, with each of their situations is is really based on the society around them. But the the wild card is having someone like Naruto actually understand where Sasuke is coming from and no one else actually understanding, which is, which is, is real. It's a good story. Like it's, it's a perfect story arc. It, it, like it make, like I used to get kind of frustrated at the fact that like Naruto just wouldn't let this nigga go. But then when you start, when they started to dig into it a little more, it's like, I can understand that because before Gara, you know, before Naruto could have been Gara, he could Sasuke, Naruto could have easily been Sasuke. Well, and know. then ha- and then having that connection with Gara, you know, seeing that you can take you, know, you can talk to Gara out of like just think about when we meet Gara, he hates everybody. You, you know, know I, I think there are a lot of parallels in Naruto. I wouldn't yeah. call, you know, in Naruto, you can see Naruto as um he could have been Gara. You know, yeah. he, he could have been Obito. Yeah. He could have been um he could have been pain. Yeah. You know, and then on the other hand, I feel like Sasuke, they're also characters she could have became. You know, Itachi was trying to make him, you know, not become him. He right. also right. he also could have been Madara. He also yeah. could have been Indra. Yeah. So I don't think, I, I think that, and I think he what he wanted. I think he wanted him to be more like Chisui. Yeah, I don't think that Sasuke could have been Naruto. I feel like there were there were always a reflection, like opposites of each other, as opposed to you know having so much in common. I think mm-hmm. the only thing that they they really shared was that that feeling that they were both alone and just kind of needed the right type of nurturing that I feel like the Leaf Village couldn't provide at the time. And yeah, that's just adds to their, you know, their their duo shit, like so different. And then there's just mm-hmm. that one common thing that will a fire a family that they both need 
to become complete. And, you know, they get that. And I think that's perfectly demonstrated in, in Baruto. Yeah. To where they, you know, they have they have their own families and they have the leaf of their family. Like they're both the Hokage and they both are family men with these people to protect, you know. So also speaking to them as a duo, they're also like just kind of made for each other. Yeah, truly. Like, like, I, well, I thought one of the interesting things of what Yamato was talking about when he mentioned how um, with Sasuke's abilities of fire and lightning, <clears throat> you know, Naruto's wind could do one of two things. It could cancel out his lightning or increase his fire. So it's just like, like you said, they're, they're, they're literally meant to you know, work together. And you really get a chance to see that in Baruto. Like, I love the fight with them, you know, versus uh, was it Otsuku team? I forgot. I forgot which one it was. Momoshiki. Is it Momoshiki? Yeah. yeah. Is that the one from the movie? That the <laughs> yes. movie? Yeah, that's Momoshiki. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that quote too when he was talking to Yamato, and I love the misdirect to where you yeah. know, Yamato was like, "Yeah, your your win." Can beat his can beat his lightning, and you know Naruto was like, "Yes, like this was this was made for Sasuke," and he was like, "No, not to beat him, but to help him." And then you see when you know him, Sakura, and um, Sasuke do the summoning, the yeah. and uh, during the war arc, and you know he makes the Susano with the arrow, and you see Naruto's win, like you know, like you see that moment coming to fruition. And then you just think about how well they fought together then. You think mm-hmm. about how well they fought together um, against, um, god damn, what's her name? Um, uh, Kagura? Yeah, Kaguya. Um, Kaguya and, yeah. and then the movie, and then you see how well they fought against um, Jigen, and you saw yeah. how they fought against the, the Ososuki that was inside of him, and like, not and only the- have their skills vastly improved when you think about the one that couldn't even walk up a tree. Sakura was beating them up a tree, and now you look at how far they've come, even in their nerf states currently. Right. They are still like one and two right now outside of all the crazy other shit going on. Right. And what's interesting is like I find them, I find them to be very similar to like an Asta and you know, um, whereas their rivalry, it comes from a a genuine sense of uh, interest in each other's ability. Uh, when in that same fight that we're talking about, that was like the first time they had seen each other in a long time, and the first thing that they acknowledge individually is what they're capable of doing now, like what they, you know, new moves that they hadn't seen each other use. So it's always nice to see that, like, it doesn't matter, like, how far, you know, or how long it, it of a separation that they have apart, they still have that interest. It's like, okay, this is what you got, this is what you've been on, this is what you, you know, trying to transition to. Yeah, and we talked a lot about how well that they fought um, together. But let's not forget about how great it was to see them fight each other. Yeah. I think the two fights 
between them in both series, like Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, might be the best fights in both of those respective series. Not just from like the sheer show of power, ninjutsu, but just the build up, the stuff surrounding it, like for Naruto to go out and try to find Sasuke and bring him back, him being that one, how strong that mission was. And if you're watching that as a kid, you know, you're, you're thinking Naruto's going to get there. He's going to get Sasuke and they're going to go back to the village. And that's, that's not how it ends. And it sets the tone for the upcoming series. And, you see all of Naruto Shippuden revolves around Naruto bringing back Sasuke. And once again, once he gets to him, just like in that original one, they have to have a confrontation. And with that confrontation, this time it's a little bit different. And I don't care what nobody says, I still think Naruto was way stronger than Sasuke even at that moment. Yeah, I, you, yeah, you I know, think he was. Like, like that's, that's, a, that's a topic for another day, but you like... It was him not trying t- to kill Sasuke. Sasuke was trying to kill Naruto. He, he had this vision. He had this plan. If Naruto was not able to overpower him physically, and you can say it's because, you know, Naruto's had a stronger um, conviction mm-hmm. to, you know, save Sasuke than Sasuke had to destroy the world. And it might be true, but... I, I, I think I, even down to, like, I, what they're capable of doing individually, it's like you're dealing with, the uh, the at this point, the most perfected form of a Jin Cherokee. Because even if he was, you know... if Killer B had mastered it prior to him. He still did it differently. Like he, he. Well, you got to think at that time. Remember, he only had half of a Karama, and and, and that. And, so it's like he wasn't even at his, had, his height. Sasuke had power from all the tail beasts, including that other half of Karama. And, and one thing I will say is like with their energies and individually, it's it's like. Sasuke only got the Renegon. The Renegon makes you more technically sound and it gives you more ability, but you still have to have time to actually learn those abilities. And Naruto was just, he was already raw strength because of Karama. Having half of it and just also, like you said, having the conviction not to like, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to beat you so I can bring you home. It's just different. So like, to say, I, I I agree. Like he he definitely was stronger. He's he's always been stronger. No, I ain't. Excuse me. After to me, after the sage paths connection on both sides, at that point it was always he was always a step above. I give it to him when he um when he when he got cool with Karama and Karama. You think it was, so you think that was the moment? I think either that or sage mode. I think say, oh yeah, you know he did merge Sage Modes. Yeah, he definitely had to do it by Sage Mode. I think Sage because to merge the two together and you already perfected Karama, that's already a lot. So, well, I just think because at that point, uh, Sasuke power up had been him like absorbing Orochimaru. And yeah, he had. I think he had 
already gotten Itachi's eyes. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like after Naruto got the 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 sage mode, I think that's what kind of took him above or at least on the level playing field and then being able to get Chaka from Karama. I feel like yeah. that's what pushed him over. Like when he yeah. entered the war, I feel like that was like was, yeah, because at that point you're right, Sasuke didn't really get another real power up. At that point, he's just got more technical. And we we spent yeah, some yeah. time talking about them fighting. I kind of want to backtrack to Goku and Vegeta's fighting. I don't know if you can edit this shit. Yeah, or okay. we can uh, like like move it to that section, or we just want to keep it here. But um, Goku and Vegeta fought. Twice in the series, mm-hmm. and Goku's never beaten Vegeta, and I've always believed Vegeta was stronger than Goku. And their first meeting, mm-hmm. even with Ko Ken, mm-hmm. I still feel like Vegeta. Like you have to think if. Gohan and Krillin didn't come back, and if Yajirobe, if Yajirobe, of all people, was not there, Vegeta would have killed them. Yeah. So, just the the feeling, like the the type of rivalry that ensued, like can you imagine beating somebody and then feeling like slighted toward them? Like, why was this fight so close? Type yeah. feeling, and then deal with that for the rest of your life. Right, and then when he sees, you know, not you know, like Goku being able to like hide his key and stuff like that, and just like all the stuff that really bothered Vegeta. Like you're taking moves from the losers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's like you you see the benefit of it. But what does that mean to you if you see them as lesser? If you're copying, yeah, you copy yeah, their like, moves. And then you see, like, how strong, like, now Vegeta knows, like, yo, now you're stronger than me. First, you, you know, I'm stronger than you, but, like, you made it this close. You're low class. You shouldn't be doing this. And now you're stronger than me. And I feel like Vegeta keeps having these moments where he, like, you know, comes to grip with, like, when he died by Frieza on Namek, Mm-hmm. with him crying and him like pleading out to Goku like that was perfect if the show never yeah. came back again that would have been a great like final real interaction between those two Yeah, you don't really see it with the Cell Saga that, a lot of that was just passing it on to Gohan but then you get it again and Dragon Ball at the end of Dragon Ball Z with the Boo Saga you get it mm-hmm. again in GT you get in another moment again with Super with Vegeta just like realizing like you know you're better than me, like mm-hmm. you know like, but it's a good way you know like he's humbling yeah. himself, and I feel like that creates uh, a special you know type of situation with them where Goku changes everybody around them. I would say Vegeta was probably one of the worst, and you see like the just the power of that camaraderie can do. And the fights themselves, I started watching Dragon Ball Z 
during the sand invasion, the first thing I saw was, I think the first episode I watched was when Yamcha got blew up. That shit was crazy. That shit was wild. Like that, know, that's when the like because at that point I hadn't really seen Dragon Ball, so I didn't know to what extent. Dragon Ball like, Z came out first over here. The other see, right. So, you know, I didn't, you know, me not knowing much about Dragon Ball, not knowing really what this show is about, like not naming people really dying like that. Even when Goku got, you know, blasted, it wasn't it wasn't much to it. It was a part of the plan. So like when they blew up Yamcha and Chaozu, my nigga. It's just like it showed that the Saiyans were on something that was a lot more. Chaozu blew himself up, or Chaozu blew himself up, but yeah, but still, like, what just the, the it raised the stakes to me. It, it like, yeah, I, I just think that that fight made me a fan, Goku and Vegeta. Now, that is like peak Dragon Ball Z right there. Like the fights, the moves, the techniques. When Vegeta went into his grid eight form, that mm-hmm. fucking beam struggle. Like that's mm-hmm. the best fucking beam struggle. Um, there's not a lot of space in between the fighting either. Like there's not a whole bunch of just gap space where they're talking to each other. Like they they just pound. For a lot of good bang. dialogue goes down though. Like with them talking. When it does happen, yeah. Their inner monologues. It's just like an all around. Like it's a great. It's a great fight. Everything it represents, the last two living Saiyans, one humanized, the other one savage warrior, low class, high class, just this, it's a great dynamic. And then their second fight, I think, might have been even better. Again, Goku didn't beat Vegeta. Could have beat him. Could have gone Super Saiyan 3, but at what cost? It's kind of like a Naruto and Sasuke fight and their final confrontation at the end of uh, Naruto Shippuden to mm-hmm. where, you know, the stronger person doesn't want to kill you. Yeah. You know, and but, I, I say stronger, but I feel like, you know, it's Goku and then, you know, Krillin had the chance, but it's like, you know, the good force of Goku, Gohan, Krillin, and Yajirobe as a collective was stronger than Vegeta. And, and I, I, they I, let I, him live. I feel like, and interestingly enough, I feel like somehow we might get to the third fight of Goku and Vegeta. Like, with this whole situation with Granola and Vegeta actually kind of revealing how he's been feeling this whole time, it's like, it's just a matter of time before we get back to that. It wasn't real. What do you mean? Well, I told you. Remember you said you, you read that that ain't happened. That's not what they, Vegeta... Vegeta. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it, it 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 was to that extent, but I still don't feel as though he has let it all be. I don't believe that he it's I hate you, but that rivalry is always gonna be like be a thing. Yeah, I think um just to talk about that second fight, you know, when Vegeta was controlled by um Bobby. Bobby? Yeah, and um First time we saw two Super Saiyan 2s fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, another good fight, great show of power. You know, I like when, you know, before that at the tournament, Vegeta and Goku were supposed to fight in like the fourth, the fourth match of the tournament. Yeah. And Goku went to go fight the people and Vegeta was like, nah, you come back for a day. I came here to fight you. We fight. <laughs> 
You ain't saving the world. You you getting this ass whooping. I've been for for the past seven years to, to to beat your dead ass. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, I think about it like something like that. And at the end of the day, a Saiyan's pride is always going to be. So, like, I always think of, I think about it in terms of what is that dark energy? What could that do to him? This nigga got destruction energy now. Like, with a Saiyan's pride, we haven't seen a Saiyan god of destruction, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know where um, Codename is going to put this whenever he edits this thing. He's a good man. He's a real good man. <laughs> um, we just realized there's so much to talk about for anime duos. We're going to break this up into a series and this first one is going to be about Goku and Vegeta and Naruto and Sasuke. And in part two of this, we're going to talk a little bit and compare these two duos together. And we'll get to that after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Nerding with Friends podcast. I'm your host, C. Row Money Money. That's C. R. O. Double Dollar Signing with my dog, Codename Comment. What happened? What happened? And we are talking about anime duos, specifically Goku and Vegeta and Naruto and Sasuke. And now we're going to look at the similarities between these two duos and how they operate. First things first, you got the, the 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 dude in orange and then the angsty motherfucker in, in, in blue. It's a it's a trope in anime at this point. It definitely is. Like <laughs> uh one the orange guy always seems to piss off the blue guy. <laughs> Never fails. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time, they say, but um Another thing is you get the the relationship that's best this best understood with fists. You know, that's a that's a one thing I want to talk about is the domestication of the formal the former bad guy. Um, I don't know what's funnier um, seeing Vegeta walking around with shopping bags or seeing um, Sasuke be upset his daughter called him lame. <laughs> uh, you know, Vegeta almost tried to he tried to go off on everybody. I'm pretty sure he's he gave Yamcha the look of death when he made Bullet Cry. He almost snapped on Beerus. When, or, I won't say almost. He snapped on Beerus for touching his Boma. Like, he ain't the same guy anymore. And it's it's funny that villains just aren't villains like they used to be. And I won't say Vegeta started that, but yeah, he's definitely one of the, the, the OGs of it. Like it, the transfer and the translation of it Him happened a lot. Mm-hmm. Say again? Him and he ate some OGs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like he, he, Settled down even more so than he had. Oh, absolutely. But uh, Vegeta's uh, a family man now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole he's, different He's got a nuclear family. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Him, a goddamn a son, a daughter, whatever type of pet they probably have. Right. And they're the richest people on the planet. 
A man is living. <laughs> a man is living. Living good. The prince, a.k.a. King of Sands, even though he don't want to admit it. Sasuke wouldn't say he's living good. He's atoned for his sins in a very, you know, different way than Vegeta has. Yeah. You know, I feel like Sasuke is kind of a lot harder on himself, but he's also a ninja. And, you know, you got to think about Bushido and, you know, the samurai ways. And, you know, there's a lot of respect you have to give him. You know, he doesn't have a prosthetic eye or a prosthetic limb. And, you know, he's doing that to, you know, symbolically. That's a human being. Huh? He's also a human being, so that's there's that. What you mean? Like he's human, like you know, versus being like a complete alien. So the way he deals with things is just gonna be a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah. Like in relation to like Vegeta, and um, there's another thing I was gonna say. Fuck. Um, shit. Totally lost it. Um. Damn, what was I about to say? That was about Sasuke. And then Goku and Thank Naruto, <laughs> on the other hand, it's cool. Maybe we should talk about Go- Goku and Naruto for a bit. You know, you got the two orphans who are able to just, you know, not give up on people and completely yeah. change them around. And you you look at how many of Goku's closest allies were once former rivals and enemies and you look how pretty much every villain before their defeat thanks naruto for you know for seeing what they could have been if they had you know gone down a better path and that's a good that's a good point because much like goku uh, like naruto goku seems to do that too like he doesn't he doesn't usually aim to kill the people he's fighting. Like he, if he comes to a point where he's enjoying the fight and you haven't really shown complete malicious intent, like he wants to fight you again. Like I, I think about in terms of even down to Boo, like he he tried to recognize some sense of good within him. Like he, you know, finding um, whether it was the 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 great Kaioshin or just seeing that there 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 can't be a, a supreme evil. Nah, Kid Boo was a monster. He said... And that's what I thought. That's how I viewed it, too. He said, but somehow... He said, he, said, he said, I hope you come back as a good person so we can fight again. He says, You're, you you can be redeemed. Even Goku knew Kid Boo had to be put down. <laughs> I don't know if Naruto could talk no jutsu Kid Boo. Hell no, nah. he can't uh, talk no jutsu jeering. Yeah, you just gotta put somebody down. But like you think about even down to like a Frieza, like Goku's at that point where it's like, I know I can beat you. You go you might be evil, but I understand I can use you for good when need be. And if you go out of line, I can take care of that. You I, know uh, the the one thing I do find different between a Naruto and a Goku do is when it comes to training because while Naruto struggled mighty heavily in in those early chapters 
um, our boy Goku was always a quick study. You know, if he never really had struggle with the training aspect, I would say it would always be more like a sparring thing with him. Like, you know, when he goes up against Mr. Popo and when he was trying to get the water back from Corrin, mm-hmm. that's training in a sense of it's um, physical. He just has to get better from that. Naruto had to work on his chakra control while his Goku did a Kamehameha on his first try. You know what I mean? Well, one thing, you know, like the the thing that they do have in common is they, because of their temperament and their character, they like they're never really the smartest. But in terms of the way that they fight, that's where you kind of see that. Um, Almost similar to like a Luffy or a Natsu. But, I feel uh, like with Goku, when it comes to his fighting IQ, like a lot of it comes, I, I feel like just Goku is just like good fighter, number one. I think, yeah, I think he learned. I feel like that's the best way to just describe Goku is just like a good fighter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like fighting but is I, his thing. I, yes, but I think also being a just a good fighter he knows to gain gather techniques like you think you got uh the instant transmission the kaoken the um spirit bomb yeah goku doesn't really have any original moves no he's he's it's it's just him learning just from dragon masters yeah even the you know everything that i won't say that everything he does is something that someone else can do but Basically everything like he ha- he doesn't have a single thing that wasn't taught, and I think that's similar to like a Naruto who it took him a while to. Well, I think that's just kind of the simplicity of Dragon Ball's fighting scheme. It's just a bunch of key blasts. Usually, yeah. it's just key blasts. You know, like you don't have like the elements and different formations and tools. But the- special juices but there are different Naruto. versions of the key blast you have things like the solar flare you have things like uh different versions of the spirit blast like there, there's different i would say there's just different techniques and ways to do things Ginyu's transformation you know like there's there's different things out there they don't necessarily go in depth but i think when you think about each of the if I think about Goku to Vegeta, Vegeta came with, you know, a, de- a decent amount of knowledge as a fighter other than just throwing hands. It, it, it took Goku some time to have to learn those things in order to beat people. And then it got to the point where he's just stronger than everybody else. And then and, and, and with that, naturally, he wants to continue to grow to grow. And one thing about Goku, because I think he's so naturally adept as a fighter, it takes him to have to get to a point of, uh, like almost like a break. Like hit, like he understands that he has to go through breaking points. Like it has to be someone that he basically can't beat unless such and such happens or he this an evolution happens uh, in order for him to you know you know get to that next step. And I don't think it's the same way with Naruto. Like, and I think that's kind of similar to what you're saying, but I think that that that's one that's in, that's that's something that is fairly interesting about the two, because with Naruto is like, it's literally just a, a a matter of him learning how to be better, and it's just the process is just different. 
But it also could be, you know, I won't even say could be. It probably is because of storytelling. Yeah, I feel like um, with there wasn't a lot of training in Dragon Ball for Goku. Like, you know, we train, he trained with Master Roshi. Yeah. And, you know, he trained with Kami. We didn't really see that. But, like, if you look at Naruto, a lot of it is about him training and learning yeah. new things to get better as opposed to a Goku who, you know, he also trains, but it's like, like I said earlier, just different. And yeah, I you, think Goku has like already a much higher, you know, fighting IQ, where, you know, Naruto, you know, up until like maybe, maybe up until Naruto Shippuden, he was really pretty much. I was about to say, like, literally until he learned the, the, he's the, pretty the he's pretty much just a shadow clone guy. Yeah, he wasn't know? doing much. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just, uh, I'm going to overwhelm you with shadow clones. Yeah. You know, like, there, there, there were times, like, you know, when he got the best out of Neji and the shooting exams, you know, when he, like, popped up from the ground and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Like, overall, like, he's had to, you know, develop these new skills to where, you know, Goku is, like, Instantly. Yeah, and, you, and you that's part about, of the like, growth. The shadow, clones. the shadow clones took a while for him to get good at those too. He talked about that. Yeah, I feel like you know characters like um, Sasuke and Vegeta. You now they're just proteges. Right, say they just get it. <laughs> I mean, like we also saw Sasuke training in those earlier days. You know, when he wasn't shit really. Yeah. And he decided to side with Orochimaru, and you know we didn't see his training really in the time skip. But after that, it was really just Uchiha hats. <laughs> he didn't do much more training after that. Yeah. It's just shit that he just had to learn and deal with because right. of who he was. And then with Vegeta, I feel like we never really got a chance. We saw the cause and then the effect. But we never really got to see the the any of Vegeta's training in the meantime. Yeah, I like, thought I thought another interesting thing is like a lot of Vegeta's training that we saw was him trying to you know become a Super Saiyan and surpass Super Saiyan, and it was a him chasing Goku type thing. And now yeah. flip side, you got Naruto who's training to catch up to Sasuke. Sasuke, yep. And then at the end. You know, each one of them realizes, you know, shit, the show called Naruto. I mean, <laughs> you know, the show ain't called Vegeta, but, you know, Goku had the Dragon Balls first, so. You know what I'm saying? Vegeta didn't know what the fucking fans was for, for a little bit. So it's it's cool to see that, like, just the unit all together has those similarities because of the way that the characters are kind of set up. Um I would like to see, I wish Dragon Ball Z were set up where they kind of focused on the sideline characters more than just Goku. Because even now where they're starting to give more, like in Super, where they start to give a little bit more of a focus on Vegeta, it's still not enough for it to be, to really be developed. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like anyone felt the, his super evolution was going to come. I think it's just kind of happened. 
Like, I don't I don't remember any build up to that. I've even started to go back and read. The- we could probably talk about this all day. Um, I mean, it's, it's a it's a big topic. And these are four of the most iconic. I would say like some of the like four of the most iconic anime characters of all time, especially in our generation. Absolutely. But I can't wait to do this again. Um, and we're going to pick up on two more awesome duos from the new generation of anime next time. But until then, it's been me, your boy, C-Ro, money, money, that C dot R-O double dollar sign. And me, your boy, Codename Comic. Y'all have a great one. And we out, yeah. Peace. Peace.